1: Welcome to the In the Mood for Fantasy Football Podcast, a pro football network show that keeps you up to date on the current NFL news and how to adjust your lineups on a weekly basis with start-sit, waiver wire, and draft advice. I'm Eric Moody. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric N. Moody. And my co-host, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, Tommy Garrett, who you can follow at Tommy Garrett PFN. We have a phenomenal show planned for you. We want to talk about observations from the NFL preseason week two, and also dive into running back tiers. But before we do, Tommy, how are things in your world?
0: I'm good. I'm still trying to figure out how all of a sudden it's like a week until September. Like I really still have no idea where the time has gone, but you know what? I'm just glad we're here. Football is almost here. We got college. It's about to start up. I know me and you are really big mm-hmm. college guys. So oh, yeah. looking forward to that. Preseason the preseason's about to end. Mm-hmm. Most people are now diving into their fantasy drafts. It's kind of like that draft season now in fantasy, so it's kind of good to see mm-hmm. everyone kind of return after taking their months off. Hopefully, we can mm-hmm. kind of give you guys a little bit of a, a little bit more insight as you get ready for your draft prep. And uh, yeah, hope we kind of get this season off to a good start.
1: Yeah, no, agreed. It's hard to believe, you know, preseason's is almost uh, over. You know, of having the three week preseason, but before, yeah, before but we dive in. in no, no, no it is Yeah, just thinking about Some of these injuries And things that uh, You know, that we'll, that we'll talk about It's, uh, it's really unfortunate But I, I did have one question For you before we do So um, what Would you rather Question for you So Would you okay. rather Be forced to listen To the same Ten songs on repeat For the rest oh. of your life Okay Or forced to watch The same movie Like the same five movies I would say On repeat For the rest of your life What say you
0: Wow I'm gonna go with movies. Actually, <laughs> I'm gonna go movie because, like, when you get a song stuck in your head, mm. it's one of the most annoying things in the world. But I'm gonna go movies. <laughs> I think I think yeah. I have to now. I'm trying now. I'm sitting here trying to think in my head like what movies I would watch. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got to go movies. Uh-huh. Tombstone, All Twister, right. there you um, go. Return of the, uh, Remember the Titans has to be in there. Oh,
1: absolutely, that's a classic. That is a classic. Top
0: Gun, Roadhouse, yeah.
1: Yeah, Roadhouse, Dalton, something like that maybe? Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it sounds good. I just I just felt like that was a really uh, a I really like, intriguing that question. Tough.
0: That's really mm-hmm. tough, actually.
1: I know. I'm, actually, it, I'm it, not it really,
0: like a massive movie person, but I would rather have that <laughs> than like a, a song stuck in my head.
1: <laughs> the same, the same songs on repeat for the for the rest of your life. So, all right. So we'll we'll start off with some uh, NFL preseason news, uh, and these two stories will kick you know kick things off with really hit really hit hard. So we'll start off with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars running yep. back Travis Etienne. So spotted on crutches after the game, suffered a Lis Frank injury. and will have further tests uh, per sources. Now the X-rays were negative, so the belief is it's just a sprain. But we'll get more information as those exams take place today. So, what's your initial thoughts on this, Tommy?
0: Oh, uh, this sucks. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a guy you really wanted to be to see out there on the field. I was really honestly mm-hmm. wondering how Urban Meyer was actually going to utilize him because you have James Robinson who just had one of the mm-hmm. best seasons ever for an undrafted oh, free yeah. agent, and so it was always going to be how was the dynamic going to be in this backfield? Like who's going to be the rusher? Who's going to be the running? Uh, the uh, more receiver back? I know Urban had said that he was going to use him at uh, mm-hmm. receiver, but I'm sorry. We just watched what Travis Etienne did as a running back for three years. You're not using him just as a receiver as much as you say that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But, I mean, what it does, it solidifies uh, James Robinson. Right now, for Mm -hmm. especially this early part of the season, we'd have no idea until we get more information on the testing about how long this is going to go. It's great that there was no fracture or anything from the x rays, the x rays Mm -hmm. are coming up negative. But I mean, with a list, even with a sprain, it could be I mean, four to six weeks. I've seen some people talk about and speculate. Obviously, I'm not a doctor, I didn't stay at a Holiday and Express or anything. (laughs) Um, so it's it's one of those where I just kinda <laughs> hope for it's on the shorter time frame, kinda like what we're kinda seeing with Carson Wentz already back on mm-hmm. the field. Um yeah. someone another guy who's had another foot injury. So it's hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's look, the wins might not matter, but the injuries certainly do.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. It just uh, kind of halts his development. You know, as a yeah. uh, professional in his first season, I think that's probably my, my big initial takeaway is that it does open the door for James Robinson, but also yeah. it does limit the progression, at least initially, of uh, ETN. So unfortunately, you know, we've got a, another injury, you know, Saints tight end Adam Troutman, you know, who's been heavily touted as a breakout candidate yeah. all off season, He was carted off on Monday night You know, he's scheduled to undergo an MRI on his foot uh, today, you know, per source. Now, initial x-rays Monday uh, night were negative. You know, but Troutman was still experiencing, as they would call, mild pain. So I'll pass it back to you again on this one. Uh, What's your initial thought and uh, fantasy takeaways from Troutman's injury?
0: Yeah, like I said, this is a guy that we were kinda of like pegging to be a, a breakout candidate, mm-hmm. especially with Michael Thomas out. Someone who we're mm-hmm. gonna look to get probably some heavy uses in this offense. Although it's nice to see like the surge of Marquez Callaway could be the potential wide receiver one there. You're always mm-hmm. looking at those next guys on the depth starting, especially at a position where we kind of lack a lot of upside kind of plays. Mm-hmm. Um I think this is the first year where like fantasy managers are kind of realizing, look, tight end is not deep. Mm-hmm. Like you either need to go mm-hmm. early, Not or you're all. taking several breakout tight ends possibly later later on. And traveling is mm-hmm. one of those guys who I thought had high uh, tight end two upside, potentially low end tight end one upside based off the volume he might have seen whether it was Jameis mm-hmm. Winston or Taysom Hill under center. So this this definitely hurts that. We'll see what the the injury is. Hopefully it's nothing too severe and get back on the field. Uh, behind him you have Nick Finette, and then you also have uh, Juwan Johnson, a former uh, receiver who's been converted over to tight end. It, this is not one of the situations where I would just go next man up and then target that guy. Um, at this point, mm-hmm. it's either Adam Troutman or nothing for me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious what your thoughts are on this one, but it's mm-hmm. it's not a it's not like a, a, like a Cole Komet. We'll put it that way, where you have like a Jimmy Graham mm-hmm. above him. We expect Cole Komet, who if if anything would happen, will all of a sudden vaults up and get a lot more a lot more opportunities. Like in Chicago, for me, this mm-hmm. is one where it's either Adam Troutman or nothing for me.
1: Yeah, no, I would agree with you there because you look at the moves that the Saints made. You know, with uh, releasing Jared Cook. Uh, Josh Hill really opened the door for Troutman to be, you know, an every down player. And he's very capable, you know, as a run blocker and obviously as a receiver. And so they were going to position him to be, quote unquote, the guy. And historically, you know, the yeah. Saints offense is heavily targeted at the tight end since uh, Sean Payton's been in New Orleans. I believe it's around like eight or so targets a game uh, to the position. And so, you know, it's unfortunate, but uh, I agree. You know, it's Adam Troutman uh, or bust or nothing, yeah. whichever word you want to input there. Let's moving on. Uh, Let's move on to um, Zach Wilson, uh, you know, very solid week to preseason overall. You know, he completed nine of 11 passes for 128 yards and two touchdowns in the Jets' second preseason game last Saturday against the Packers. Uh, his two touchdowns did go to tight end Tyler Croft. So does this performance change your perspective of Wilson moving forward?
0: Um, I a little bit. I think it's more so it was like we were all kind of wondering what he was going to do. Okay, is this the the Jackson, Is this the New York Jets of old? And how mm-hmm. much of that Adam Gase effect is so carried over? Like, look, this is a totally different team. And I think it's a team that actually has some very sneaky talent. Um, and one mm-hmm. of those, honestly, that was kind of going a little bit under the radar because the rookie Elijah Moore has gotten all the, all the looks. You know, Corey mm-hmm. Davis, um, he had that 30-yard pass to Corey Davis mm-hmm. in that game. He's kind of looking like... He could be of value in this offense, but it all comes back to can Zach Wilson deliver the ball. Mm-hmm. And as of right now, look, the guy looks good. He looks good mm-hmm. in the pocket. He's selling his play action fakes well. I mean, the only one mm-hmm. bad pass that he had was it was on a uh, it was on a bootleg and kind of threw it at the feet of an open receiver. But outside of that, mm-hmm. the guy has looked solid. Sure, we'd like to see more volume, but I mean, the preseason yeah. is nothing but. I, I think he he said this very well in his press conference where. Look, I'm I'm willing mm-hmm. to take risks and make mistakes and practices and in the preseason, so I can learn mm-hmm. when can I deliver that ball and if that that window is actually open. This is when you mm-hmm. need to learn that as a rookie. So for me, the development I've seen out of Wilson, look, the guy looks good. Um, we'll see if he's mm-hmm. going to be a a fantasy option outside of like superflex leagues. Just because, I mean, you mm-hmm. could be the the last person at to twelve yeah. team league and walk away with Matthew Stafford. Um, we're not expecting mm-hmm. that kind of performance out of him. But I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's definitely a, a good sign for the future and also nice to be able to actually target a team um, in fantasy instead of rather than just avoiding them like we were for the past couple of years with the New York Jets. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, well said. I'm like, you look at Wilson. He worked well through his progressions, made quick decisions, you know, displayed yeah. that trademark arm strength. You had a phenomenal season, you know, in 2020 at uh, BYU, you know, well documented. Uh, I do agree with your fantasy Um guidance with wilson solid qb2 you know if you're in a q2 uh, quarterback or super flex league uh they've surrounded him with weapons and so he's in a position Absolutely. to uh to thrive so uh, i guess we'll keep the the trend going with quarterback so we got patriots quarterback uh, cam newton won't be allowed in the team facility until thursday after a covid19 test quote unquote misunderstanding so the question is does this open the door for Mac Jones to parlay the additional reps with the first team into being named the Patriots' Week One starter? Tommy Garrett, what say you?
0: Mac Jones, anytime you're a rookie, you can get more reps <clears throat> with the ones. That's a great thing for your development. But I don't think he's going to end up being the starter. So, like, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. see Bill Belichick knowing that he has a team that he's trying to compete with the Buffalo Bills and try to take back the title of the AFCs. I don't see him being one that wants mm-hmm. to throw out a rookie Week One. Um, you brought back mm-hmm. Cam Newton. You've given basically all of the lenience and excuses last year, which there are plenty. You come mm-hmm. into a brand new offense. You had a condensed offseason. The entire team changes. You had the worst wide receiver core in the NFL. You bolster that mm-hmm. by bringing you know Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. You bring in the two mm-hmm. tight ends with Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, especially. So you load up for Cam Newton to succeed. Um, we know what he can do on the ground, which is something that Mac Jones can't do, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. At some point, I do expect there to probably be a switch of quarterback. I've kind of pegged it to be around that week 14, week 15 area in my projections just because that's Mm -hmm. when they have their bye week. And at that point, you get another week of install to try to put in. It's going to be a completely brand new offense um, Mm -hmm. with Jones going from Cam Newton. But with the way Jones has been playing, it's very possible that if the New England Patriots are struggling or a Cam Newton injury, which has been known to happen, we might see mm-hmm. the timeline pop up even sooner, closer to the middle of the season. Um, for right now, I still look at Cam Newton to be the week one starter. Um, but look, if I would not want to be relying on him, uh, especially come middle yeah. of the season, when I think that's a very good chance that we do end up seeing a switch in New England.
1: Yeah, it's just a difficult uh, situation from like a fantasy lens, yeah. you know, just given how often... And successfully, you know, I'd say New England runs the football. Like they ranked a third last season with 31.4 rushing attempts per game. And they did average uh, close to around 147 rushing yards per game. And that trend is likely to continue in uh, 2021. But still kind of a boneheaded move by Newton, especially in the competition that he's in with Mac Jones. Yeah. But anyway, I think we've, we've covered enough about Newton and that whole situation. It's just unfortunate to see a, a player, you know, do something like that. Moving on, I guess we'll we'll keep with keep keep it up with quarterbacks apparently. So we've got uh Teddy Bridgewater, another battle, you know, in the Mile High City between uh Bridgewater and uh Drew Locke. So Bridgewater, you know, he looked he looked good. You know, he looked really really good yeah. last week. I think he outperformed uh Drew Locke, at least in my opinion. You know, I know he yeah. completed uh, 9 of 11 passes for 105 yards and a touchdown uh, last Saturday uh, against the Seahawks. So uh, you look at Locke. I know his first two uh, snaps were uh, were sacks. So he was sacked on those two snaps. Not not good optics, yeah. obviously. But do you consider Bridgewater the front runner uh, to be named the Week One starter, Tommy?
0: I don't have a good feel on what these guys are going to do, and I'm kind of mm-hmm. seeing a, a little bit of a similar trend coming out. Of some of the beat reporters, like, yeah, Bridgewater looked good, but the week before that, mm-hmm. you know, Drew Locke looked good. It's kind of they're going kind of going back mm-hmm. and forth. Um, for me, it was like the, as soon yeah. as Drew Locke went in there, like this offense looked like all of a sudden we don't remember how to block. Pass catchers didn't remember mm-hmm. how to catch the ball or whatever. Like, it, I think there was also that difference of where you saw Locke at the start last week and Bridgewater with the twos. You see the reverse the weekend. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, okay, the, the surrounding talent, which is almost causing as mm-hmm. much of an impact on the quarterback play as what they're doing. I mean, Bridgewater is mm-hmm. kind of who he is. He's going to be a, a facilitator. Mm-hmm. It's like I know we talk about, you know, Bridgewater is going to be able to deliver the volume. The Carolina Panthers mm-hmm. were three targets away to Curtis Samuel from being the third team in the NFL last year to have three receivers with over mm-hmm. 100 targets. They would have joined the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals. So we he can deliver the ball if that's who they're going to have in this offense. As much as we love mm-hmm. Drew Locke and what he brings, like Bridgewater is going to be capable. It's just a matter of whether they want to go the more conservative route mm-hmm. or the more aggressive route in Drew mm-hmm. Locke and essentially say, okay, we've seen enough out of him. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I yeah. don't have a good feel for it. Although I don't know how much is going to change the projections of guys like Courtney Southern or Jerry Judy they're both going to be solid guys with um, regardless of whoever's going to be in the backfield the quarterback
1: yeah I, I'm in the camp where I believe Bridgewater will get the nod I'm like he's got a better yeah. overall statistical body of work obviously than drew Locke you know better pocket presence you know in my opinion and and they've got the the supporting cast you know they just need someone that's that's very uh, what's the right word uh, very consistent. And can deliver yeah. the football where it needs to go, and let Courtland I mean, Sutton, Jerry, Lock, too, Judy, is you look and the, the other coaching
0: weapons. changes always mm-hmm. kind of gone through. I mean, he's consistently had turnover, whether yeah. at the coaching position, at the office coordinator. Then last year, you know, he was hurt, and then he mm-hmm. would miss a game. He'd come back, then miss another mm-hmm. game. So it's very hard to get into rhythm. And he's kind of, that's going all the way back to Missouri, his time at Missouri, mm-hmm. when he's kind of had to go through these kind mm-hmm. of uh, coaching changes. So it's you can make the excuse for both these guys. I do agree. I think mm-hmm. Bridgewater might have gotten the edge after this last game, but it'll be interesting to see how they kind of uh, mm-hmm. address it's going into week three. And then that, that week off.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. No good, good point. So I'll say the last two preseason uh, stories, you know, storylines, I would say we want to touch on, uh, I want to talk about Devonte Smith and also Jarrett Patterson. So looking at uh, Devonte Smith, I know he caught two of four targets for 19 yards and no touchdowns in the Eagles preseason game against the Patriots. Just given, you know, the drops, I'm like, are you worried about Smith moving forward? Nope. No, I've I've seen enough. Okay. Like this guy
0: has, I mean, he's, got, mm-hmm. he, he's going to get separation on every single route. I know me and you're both on the same camp where we believe in Jalen Hurts. Um, and he's going to be a much better passer this mm-hmm. season. And if that's going to happen, it's going to happen with Devonte Smith. I'm I'm personally not worried at all about him.
1: And you're right, uh, Tommy. You know we we are obviously aligned on uh, Devontae Smith. I'm mean, like, you look at the combined career numbers for Philadelphia's receivers. It's 181 receptions for 2,135 yards and 14 touchdowns. Yeah. Smith last year. You know, almost had 1,900 receiving yards. He's going to be the number one option. He could easily see around 120 or more targets. And his route running ability was on full display. It's it's exactly. superb. So, again, I agree with you. I'm not really worried about that situation when you look at Smith. But I, I will tell you, one situation that's really intriguing is uh, with the Washington football team backfield. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got Jarrett Patterson. You know, he had 16 carries for 71 yards and a touchdown against the Bengals last Friday. Also had three receptions for 25 yards. Is he the front runner to back up Antonio Gibson?
0: In terms of the rushing side of things, yes, I don't think J.D. McKissick's going away anytime soon in the passing mm-hmm. game. Uh, although he's not going to see, he's not going to lead the running backs in targets like he did last year. That was more of a product of Washington mm-hmm. not necessarily having a wide receiver core, which they didn't address with a, which they did address mm-hmm. with Curtis Samuel and Diami mm-hmm. Brown. Bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, I do think Patterson will be the like the third option in this offense, or like the mm-hmm. the next guy up in terms of just the pure running attack on this one. He, he's one of the most mm-hmm. productive rushers in college history, which a lot of people don't know, unless you're staying up for, you know, your weeknight Maction. Um, uh, The big one Mm -hmm. everyone remembers, like, when he had the uh, eight-touchdown game, and was 18 yards off the Mm single-game rushing record in college football history. From week three through week five Mm -hmm. of that year, he had 815 yards and 14 touchdowns.
1: Mm-hmm. It was just yeah. an
0: incredible performance, and it kind of speaks to what this guy can do. He never goes down on first mm-hmm. contact, despite his size and all that stuff. It's He's a very impressive mm-hmm. running back. He's kind of showing off that passing skill. I do think he will. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he already has vaulted Peyton Barber because he was actually the first one mm-hmm. in after Antonio Gibson. So mm-hmm. I do like him to be that that RB3 in this offense or the next man up in terms of the rushing aspect uh, for Washington.
1: Yeah, no, really, uh, yeah, really good points on uh, on Patterson. I know head coach Ron Rivera has compared Patterson to Darren Sprawls. and uh, just kind of based on what we've seen so far, I think that comparison is valid, and he could also have a similar uh, career trajectory. So, really excited to see uh, what Patterson does this year. Definitely someone to stash on your on your fantasy team for redraft, obviously exactly. in dynasty, you know, you want to snag him, uh, you know, as uh, someone off the waiver wire or, if afraid, he's out there in dynasty still, yeah, there. I know the cat's out of the bag, I guess, so to speak now, but, uh, just someone well, to boom. kind of keep, uh, keep on your radar. So yeah, that's, uh, I guess that'll cover everything for the uh, preseason. I know we had a lot of different, uh, you know, player performances, you know, that were great, you know, the, unfortunately, you know, some injuries, you know, things that we'll have to monitor, uh, but I know up next, you know, I'm really excited, you know, to talk about, you know, running back tears, but, you know, before we do, you know, I want to talk about, you know, one of our sponsors, uh, Manscaped. And so fantasy football draft season is upon us. It's time you put the PP back in PPR league, with the sponsors of today's show manscape the leader in below the waist grooming just launched a new performance package 4.0 don't neglect your balls. Like the Packers front office has been neglecting Aaron Rodgers. join the 2 million men worldwide who trust manscape and get ready for kickoff by going to manscape.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code PFN. Now this will help you tame that Troy Palomalu in your pants. So one product that Manscaped has that is phenomenal is their Performance Package 4.0. Because you think about when it came to grooming in the past, all you really had were like hair clippers. But That's in dangerous. this Performance I know it is very dangerous. You, you got to watch out for that. Very dangerous. But inside, you know, their Performance Package 4.0, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code PFN at Manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off plus free shipping with the code PFN at Manscaped.com. If your significant other is nagging you about how much time you put into your fantasy team, you might as well gift them some beautiful balls with Manscaped. That's how you do it. Number one pick in men's grooming. There you go. And so I know we covered uh, preseason, you know, week two, as I mentioned before, a lot of great storylines. I want to transition over uh, to running back tiers. Now, I know that, Tommy, I know you put together an article, you know, for Pro Football Network covering running back tiers. And so what I'd like to do, let's talk about each one of your tiers. And then I want to pass the baton to you. You can pass it back to me about one particular running back that you'd love to have from that tier on your fantasy team. Now, cool. tier one, we've got Christian McCaffrey and we've got Dalvin Cook. You know, if you had your pick between these two backs, who are you going with, Tommy?
0: Chris McCaffrey. I can make an argument that McCaffrey should be in a tier of his own. Mm-hmm. Um, since 2018, mm-hmm. he's averaged 27.1 points per game in his 35 active games, while recording 20 points or more 28 times, which is 80 percent of his games. He's the closest mm-hmm. thing we've seen since Ladainian Tomlinson in terms of his impact in the game. Um, I don't mind me and yourself, we're in the Scott Fishbowl, and you're seeing a lot of mm-hmm. leagues that are doing a third-round reversal because the value of the 101, trying to redistribute the value across all 12 teams. Uh, for me, mm-hmm. it's Christian McCaffrey, absolutely. The second pick in the draft is the easiest pick of the draft. You take who's ever there, and you're just taking Dalton mm-hmm. Cook at that point, but for me, it's it's absolutely Christian McCaffrey on mm-hmm. the landslide.
1: Yeah, no, I would agree with you. It's just one thing with McCaffrey that's a slight differentiator, in my opinion, than Cook. It's just his number of targets. You know, since 2018, McCaffrey's averaged 8.2 targets per game. And and, and that's very attractive when you're looking at a top tier uh, running back. Now, moving on to your second tier, I'm like, we've got Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, and Ezekiel Elliott. I'll kind of I'll go with my pick first and I'll pass it over to you. I'm still I'm still leaning towards like Alvin Kamara. I'm like mm-hmm. since 2018 Kamara's averaged 19.6 opportunities per game. The Saints historically have leaned heavily like on their running backs as not only as rushers but also yeah. receivers out of the backfield. That will continue whether we have James Winston or Taysom Hill under center. So, who are you going with Tommy out of this tier? Um
0: honestly, I almost want to lean a little bit towards Ezekiel Elliott because I think he's going to be possibly mm-hmm. the cheaper option. If you look at his finishes, he's been the RB2 12 5 three and then nine while averaging almost 1300 rushing yards, 400 receiving yards and 11.2 total touchdowns per year, except we're all forgetting about him because of what happened with the Cowboys offense. After you lost Dak Prescott, the offensive line is better. This is a very explosive yeah. offense. As much as I love, you know, Derek Henry and his chance to be a repeat again as the rushing title and the volume that Camaro will see in the past game, especially with that Adam Troutman injury, the usage that Elliot will see plus you know, when you're drafting in tiers, the later player that you expect to see in that same kind of performance tier mm-hmm. being the better value. I almost want to lean Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, you can't go wrong with that. You know, I'm, I'm really no. high on, a, you, I can't go seat, wrong with any you know, as well. Yeah. And uh, one thing that's really exciting is with having that Cowboys offensive line, you know, having that group back together again. So, no, I love yeah. it. Love it. Love it. So looking at tier three, i I'm like, we've got Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley. Aaron Jones, and we have Nick Chubb. For me, I'm leaning more towards Jonathan Taylor. You know, we were able to get a taste of what he's capable of last year, you know, when given a significant opportunity. And then you've got Carson Wentz that'll be under center. You know, they've got excellent receiving weapons, but then you also have uh, really one of the top offensive lines that he's running behind uh, in yep. the NFL. So my choice out of this tier, I'd love to leave, at uh, least my draft, with uh, Jonathan Taylor. But uh, what about you?
0: Uh, I'm in agreement. I would go John Jonathan Taylor as well. Um, okay. it, what's interesting is you see both Jonathan Taylor and Saquon Barkley kind of sliding towards the back end of the first, sometimes into the second mm-hmm. round. If you want to take the volume aspect, go for it. Um, like You would love to take Saquon Barkley, but we're kind of worried about what the usage will be early in the season. Are they going to taper mm-hmm. him back? Is he going to miss games? We have no idea right now. We know his talent when he's on the mm-hmm. field. Um, oh, yeah. there's just some uncertainty there. We know Taylor succeeded against one of the easiest schedules in the NFL last season um, from weeks th- from weeks 13 through 17. He was the RB1, um, scored uh, 125.3 fantasy points over that stretch. So we know what he can do. Like mm-hmm. I said, behind a good offensive line, Quentin Nelson looks like he's going to be back um, sooner than anyone expected, which I think was almost more impactful than Carson Wentz. So um, I would go Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor there, although I wouldn't say don't sleep on Aaron Jones because, I mean, you guys finish as the RB2 and the RB5. Mm-hmm over the past two seasons and does have an angry Aaron Rogers back.
1: Yeah, no, that he does. So moving on to tier four, we've got Austin Eckler, Antonio Gibson, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, for me, one name that really struck out to me was Antonio Gibson. Great situation Mm -hmm. in Washington. Uh, You know, they've got an improving offensive line. You know, they've got Ryan Fitzpatrick receiving weapons that can, you know, open up things underneath even more running lanes, you know, for Antonio Gibson. But I'm excited to see him be used more as a receiver out of the backfield. So to bring all that together, you're looking at someone that can easily, you know, exceed or meet like 300 opportunities this year. And yep. just given what we saw from him last year, given him that large of an opportunity share is going to be a good thing in fantasy. But what about you? Who are you going with out of this tier?
0: This might be the best value in terms of tiers that we've even talked about so far, because you have mm-hmm. several guys who yeah. either have top six upside or top eight upside. I um, mean, even with um, Clyde mm-hmm. Edwards-Alaire, who That's I know that. was kind of doing that injury, you're looking at a completely mm-hmm. revamped offensive line. Um, when they brought in – I'm trying to who all it was that they brought in. Uh, you brought in um, – they lost Eric Fisher, but you bring in Joe mm-hmm. Thuney, Austin Blythe, yeah. Orlando Brown, and then they mm-hmm. draft Creed Humphrey. We know this is probably going to be one mm-hmm. of the highest scoring teams in there, so like, don't forget about Clyde mm-hmm. Edwards-Alaire because it's just kind of nice you're not paying that you know, top six production that you were last year. Um, mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm with you on this one. I kind of really like Antonio Gibson, but, I mean, you have Austin Eckler who could be like Alvin Kamara light. Uh, for me, I, I also love mm-hmm. Najee Harris um he's been you know my darling for the past couple years so to see him get land in a fantastic spot kind of similar thing he's Mm going to get the the rushing upside he's got the receiving upside another guy who's probably going to see three not just 300 opportunities Mm -hmm. he can see 300 touches in this Pittsburgh offense. so for me I I really kind of want to go Najee Harris and take the the rookie hype because there's no Mm -hmm. one else behind him I mean are we really worried about Kalen Balazs I mean no one's worried about him
1: yeah. No, you're right. You know, the, the workload, you know, is going to be there uh, for Harrison as being a yeah. huge Alabama fan for years. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what he does at the next level. So if we end up looking at tier five, I know we've got DeAndre Swift, Chris Carson, JK Dobbins, David Montgomery, and Miles Sanders. For me, it really comes down to uh, David Montgomery. Um, I know he's got minimal competition behind him uh, in Chicago, uh, they felt comfortable giving him a sizable workload last year, and he prospered, you know, with that workload, especially later in the season where it was more favorable matchups. And so, I, I see a scenario where that can be replicated uh, this year. But then you look at perception to kind of bring all that analysis together for where just a number, of, a number of fantasy managers. are are very low on Montgomery. Absolutely. And so you can get him at a discount. And again, that's what makes him really attractive for me out of this tier. But which running yeah, back are you going well with?
0: Out of this entire group, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. We know he's going to get the volume and he can succeed in this one. I think I would mm-hmm. also lean David Montgomery. Um, I know many yeah. of you have talked about um, Jamal Williams, which kind of makes me a little bit worried. Uh, with oh, yes. Plus, it's also just the scoring opportunities. We mm-hmm. don't know what the uh, Detroit Lions are actually going to be. Are They're going to be competitive or not. Um, Mm -hmm. One I would say is don't sleep on Chris Carson. Um, Mm -hmm. The guy is very productive. Pete Carroll wants to run the ball. They do have Shane Waldron, so we are kind of expecting maybe a slight change in the offense. But I think the head coach's word kind of carries a little bit more. Um, The question is going to be they did sign him to that contract. Do they now try to somewhat limit his touches just to keep him on the field? Could see that happen a little bit. But I think out of this tier, I would go, uh, like I said, with Dave Montgomery. But I would have uh, Chris Carson closely behind him.
1: Yeah, no, good point. Yeah, I'm really high on Chris Carson, too. And he's another great option uh, from this tier. Guess what? We'll close uh, this episode out on we'll go through uh, our sixth tier, you know, tier six, and uh, and, and kind of highlight a player. So if we look at tier six, I'm like, we've got uh, Josh Jacobs here, Miles Gaskin, you know, Mike Davis, Daryl Henderson, and Kareem Hunt. You know, I'll, I'll be candid with you, Tommy. I had trouble deciding on who was kind of my oh. go-to guy from this tier, but I, I ended up narrowing it down to uh, to Mike Davis uh, for a couple of reasons. You know, okay. Atlanta acquired him for, for a reason. Mike got a new head coach there, and Arthur Smith. You know, who leans you know heavily on the running game and mm-hmm. uh, one running back. I'm not saying that Mike Davis is going to be the second coming of Derrick Henry. But he will get a very sizable workload. I know what people may be thinking. He had the workload last year but didn't necessarily prosper. But I think the mindset going into a season where you know you're going to get that workload, you can physically prepare your body for it and prepare mentally for it, makes yeah. a huge difference. That's why I'm a believer in Mike Davis. I'm excited to see what you know how he performs. Who are you going with?
0: Um, I think in this tier, I will take Darrell Henderson. Um, Mm -hmm. He did suffer that mild thumb sprain. We're not really worried about that. The loss of Cam Akers opened up a massive opportunity for the Rams. Um, We've seen uh, Henderson when he has been the main back. He has been well. He's been played very well from weeks Mm -hmm. two through seven when Henderson served as the Rams uh, top running back. He averaged Mm -hmm. uh, 16.2 opportunities for 86 yards, uh, 0.7 touchdowns per game. He was a mm-hmm. solid RB2 in this offense. I think he's the one I would go for while we expect to be a much better offense, a more efficient offense with Matthew mm-hmm. Stafford. I would go him. My second choice in this one would actually be Miles Gaskin because uh, mm-hmm. we know the opportunity he's going to see. Um, oh, yeah. That's kind of who I would go with. I'm, I'm slightly concerned with Mike Davis, given the fact that we saw him mm-hmm. kind of wear down towards the end of last season. We're yeah. now projecting him to see a larger workload this year. I would kind of mm-hmm. lean with those guys first and then come back with uh, with Mike Davis.
1: Yeah, no, I really like Henderson and, and Gaskin uh, as well. Probably the one player I'm not that high on from this tier is uh, Josh Jacobs. That's mainly Agreed. with uh, you know with the uh, arrival of uh, of Kenyon Drake. So you well, know they we also went decimated
0: through. their offensive line, which was mm-hmm. the strength of that team.
1: Yeah, no, no, very true. So. You know, we're able to touch on, you know, six of the uh, running back tiers and players and who Tommy and I like. So here's what I would recommend that you do. You know, if you if you like going through these tiers, you know, check out Tommy's article at Pro Football Network. So it's going to have 12 tiers of running backs and analysis from Tommy uh, revolving you know, many of those players. So I highly encourage you to check it out. And so that's going to do it, you know, for today's show, you know, for In the Mood for Fantasy Football. So please remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and subscribe. For Tommy Garrett, I'm Eric Moody. Thanks for listening. And check out all the great fantasy football content over at Pro Football Network. Thank you.